I deleted my Facebook account, but I still have an Instagram account. So am I really improving the world? Not really. And like, um, it's not really the internet either. Like they really lock it down. Like you have to put a link in bio. Like you see this term has this term link in bio or phrase is now a phrase because Instagram just doesn't let you link to things, which is like, that's kind of against the whole philosophy of the internet. They're kind of just locking you into their system. But that's how I think that just the world's going to be now. Mm. The web mm-hmm. is going to die and the internet will be apps. I do, like, I follow some indie, like, efforts to, like, change that, like, micro.blog. But have you ever heard of micro.blog now? No. And so what's their goal? Um, it's kind of like you have complete control of it. Like, you don't have to even host your posts like your writing and stuff on their website directly what you can do is have your own blog post your own blog and then use that system to the it'll automatically import it into their system so other people can interact with you and it's kind of like instagram but you have to pay to be on it okay so that and there's no ads rather than instagram's free but you have ads it's like the opposite way around but then people have to be able to first of all have devices that they can access your work on and then also the money to keep paying for that service so your your reach yeah, would exactly. be exactly i think there's ways around everything but like what i did i don't have the money to pay for it so what i did is just find another free host wordpress.com and put mine mm. on there yeah i've heard of wordpress yeah and then you linked in but it's i don't think you can never it's a really cool idea and whether you get the benefits of actually going to trouble <laughs> I'm going to edit all this out. All the <laughs> <laughs> Hi, my name's James. Welcome to Jimmeridge Fem. I'm here on the shores of Lake Munger in West Leadville. Is this West Leadville or is this Wembley? It said that came up on the map. I think it might be Wembley. Who are you? Who does this voice belong to? This voice belongs to Kirsten. Is that actually how you say your name or is that adjusted to Australians? No, no, no. That is the intended pronunciation. Because okay. I know there's like some... I'm guessing by your accent, where, you, where is your accent from? Um, Scotland. Yeah. I know some... They try to anglicise some Scottish pronunciations, right? Do they? I think there's um, more Irish names yeah, like that are spelt. Siobhan. Yes. Saoirse. Saoirse. Is it Saoirse? The one that's famous from Atonement? Uh, is she from Atonement? I don't know. The young She's girl. in Little Women. Yeah. Have you seen it yet? No. Is it good? Yes. I really want to see Extremely it. good. I quite enjoy um, Greta Gerwig's work. Although, you know, I, seen a, I saw a previous ad- adaptation of that book. Is it from a book? Yes. When I was a child. And it was probably one of the most traumatic, traumatic movies of my childhood, I would have to say. It's tragic. I never saw that movie with the horse in the mud till I was an adult. Mm-hmm. So for me, that was it. Are you talking about War Horse? No, um, the never-ending story. Did you see that as a kid? I did, but I don't. I don't really remember it. You probably blocked it out. It's so traumatic. Maybe did the horse die in the mud? Yeah, he gets stuck in the mud and just drowned in front of the uh, kids. Why didn't Atreyu save him? Well, because he's stuck in the mud, man. It's quicksand. I did block that out. That was yeah. obviously yeah. too traumatic for me. Yeah. Oh, was it Treyu in Neverending Story? It was. The dog was a Treyu. I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It was very beautifully sort of shot, that film. I was like quite shocked. I, I had the benefit of watching it first time probably on Blu-ray because mm-hmm. I missed it on VHS, which probably would have ruined it back in the day. But. 
We're going lots of tangents here. <laughs> um, I think I found you on, on Instagram because you advertise yourself, at least your Instagram profile, as uh, kj.writer. Yes. What is your... Is that... You know, I'm trying to have creatives on this podcast. Is that your creative outlet? Yes. Or is this just one? I don't really um, have any other creative pursuits apart from writing. Okay. And... Um, yeah, it's only recently, within the last year or maybe a little bit more, that I've started to publish online. I don't know if Instagram is actually the best um, form for it. I yeah. could, I should probably look into other ways that I can put things out where it's longer um, and then maybe also have other people connect to me that are also doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah I, I do find it's quite good even from a promotional sense because everyone is on Instagram and yeah, I think it's it's been really it's been quite gratifying as well to share work in a selfish way because it's so it's so difficult to really get work out. Mm. But this way, it's just quick little snippets, and um, you know, it's just a good way to kind of show yourself as a writer and good exposure for free. So. Did you just start one and go, or did you see other people doing that and go, I should make a writing account? Or is that your only account? That's my only okay. account. Um, I don't know. I think I just needed to give myself a push yeah. to start putting stuff out there. I heard about people talking um, about like Instagram poets and stuff sometimes in a way that wasn't overly mm. flattering. Um, but, yeah, just... <laughs> <laughs> like Instagram I'd, models, but Instagram poets. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> so that people are probably... Maybe, maybe I am the butt of random people's jokes on the internet as well the way that some other Instagram posts are but There's I think it's about good everyone. that's it and it's like it's kind of good just to see what the reaction is and see who you can connect with and um, do little projects with it's not really monetary for me it's more just the act of doing it mm-hmm. and then maybe meeting someone who wants to draw one of my stories or wants to narrate it yeah or mm, even networking yeah definitely come on a podcast yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, exactly, exactly. You said your background is from Scotland, like, I assume you grew up? I grew up in Perth, though. You grew up in Perth? Yeah. And you get your accent from your parents yes. and family? Yes, What was, where, where in Perth are you from? South of the river. Where did you grow up? Uh, just over the other side of the lake mm-hmm. in Leaderville. So, what, did you go to uh, private schools? I went to Seven Oaks. Is that just a That's government a school? school? Yes. Yeah, okay. What was that like? Good. Did you have a good time? Yeah, my mum works there. What was what was she doing? She, uh, at that time, was a business and IT teacher. Okay. Did you ever do business and IT? I did, did not, no. Cross and paths. she's also a computing teacher. Okay. So were you nerdy growing up, having a computer teacher as a mum? No, I'm very disappointing. I'm a total Luddite. Um, there's been many situations where I've had to call mum in technological emergencies. Yeah, and I'm actually not allowed to borrow her devices because I have a history of breaking things. Okay. Yes. Okay, accidentally deleting things, dropping things. Bottles of water over keyboards. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. A bit more destructive. <laughs> Wait, so what did you do? Did you want to be... I don't know, do you call yourself an artist? I, I call myself a writer, but I always follow it up with um, the fact that I'm not... I don't have a published novel or anything like that, yeah. but it is my passion. So you would like to do it professionally, like write in a magazine or something? Not magazine. Write it in a paper? 
No, I would love to write short stories and mm-hmm. eventually novels professionally. But um, at the moment, I'm just happy to create work. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to write plays, but I kind of um, stepped away from that. And yeah. Did you get, to, is that your first thing out of high school or university? Were you doing theatre? Um, well, I didn't actually start my undergrad until I was 23. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was always writing short stories ever since I was small. Mm-hmm. Um, diaries and... Li- How did you get into plays? Um, Were you doing theatre? Uh, I lived in London when I was 21 and I was just going to the theatre heaps. Yeah. And then um, I just started to play around writing plays. And then I decided to come back to Perth and applied to do the performance arts degree at Curtin and I got in and yeah just from there yeah so my interest was in writing but with that course you have to do everything so um yeah I took a lot of creative writing units as well but yeah it was it was a really good time yes I put a couple of shows on in that time I think I've been to fringe shows I think at Curtin Mm -hmm. and I assume they're all the shows at Curtin are all sort of Curtin students during fringe yeah Probably that could mm-hmm. be or alumni coming back to okay. put on shows. Curtain, when I was there anyway, um, had a show once a year that a professional director would um, do, working with uh, third-year students mainly, mm-hmm. and then they would put it on at Blue Room. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's a really good opportunity. Um, and then they have the Heyman Theatre there as well, where um, students submit plays and then however many are chosen for the semester, and then from that. Um, same group of students from the cohort they pick their yeah. cast so what did you like um, you're putting stuff on as part of the classes but you're performing in other people's yes. works as well so um, you will you can have shows that you write and put on but then within the course you'll also work on things but generally not whole plays mm-hmm. and there'll be um, large scale plays that the the um, course offers and then you might do the design element or you might stage manage or you might perform but you won't write these are plays that are already written would you is there a big sort of differentiation between like a a director and a writer absolutely so you would write things and not direct it um and vice versa i have written and directed twice Mm -hmm. um but yeah no that they're completely different skill sets but i have to say my um experience in theatre is extremely limited Mm -hmm. because I didn't do it for very long but they're yeah they are different roles but um often people will direct their own writing okay but I think it um it's it's always interesting when you have people who write and then give their work to someone else to direct maybe they think they have um, more vision or are braver or maybe have just a personality that can you know, you have to have quite a dominant personality to be, to be a director yeah. or, um, you know, have that certain element of control that maybe a writer doesn't. Um, and then also if a, a writer directs their own work, they might get a bit lost in themselves and yeah. not be able to see things that other people can. And it all becomes about you. It's quite easy to do that, I think, especially when you have people who write, direct and perform in their own work. Okay. Yeah. So I, I guess you said you're moving away from that, but if you were to... Do you ever, if you were going to write something in that world again, would it just be to write, or would you be interested in directing? I wouldn't want to direct. No. Yeah. yeah. Um, Don't get that involved. Um, not that. I just think 
other people have the skill set to do that yeah. and I, I don't I don't understand performance in the way that someone should if they're going to direct. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I have the personality that's suited to directing and then also I just think I would feel too self-involved if I wrote and directed like something full length. Yeah. So um, I wrote and directed a, a uni show that was put on um, and that was really that was really fun and great but that show was about half an hour long and then um, I wrote and directed something for a program called 600 Seconds at Blue Room in 2015 yeah. um, uh, but that's just a short block but that was really fun but again it was quite intimate the cast was only three people um, and then the last thing that I wrote um, had a public reading but no direction because it was not put on stage did you feel the need to get super involved in the um like the sort of the theater community like were you doing stuff between semesters like it's like let's go make our own thing like yes i think with that course as well you you can't not because everyone around you is creating Mm -hmm. work so you'll go and watch the work that they're creating the units that you do mean that um say if you do design Mm -hmm. um then you or tech is what they call it um then you'll be the the props manager or you'll be the assistant stage manager and you become involved in other people's work you might um come in and watch rehearsals to be a a second or third pair of eyes yeah um but yeah it is but it's quite a small community here so you end up knowing people quite quickly but again i'm very removed now yeah i I will be going to a lot of things at fringe this year like i still i still love performance and i love theater but yeah i'm not not so involved now Okay. Uh, can I ask why that is? Yes, you can. We've discussed this offline. Yes. Um, well, it's mainly because I had a bit of a a battered ego, which I, in retrospect, see. Um, I I had an experience. Oh, I had an opportunity in 2016. I was an emerging writer for. Um, Black Swan. There were six of us and we got um, mentorship over six months with um, one of the wonderful writers and producers in the city. And I I loved the experience, but um, I didn't write. I wasn't happy with what I wrote. And um, we had a public reading. We all did. And um, I had some um, amazing actors read my work. Um, And yeah, I feel like I didn't do them or myself justice with the script. And, um, yeah, I, I really mentally punished myself for that. And I, was, I felt a lot of shame that maybe I, um, I didn't need to put on myself. But um, I think that's the way when... Because when, there were probably, I don't know, 80 to 100 people that came to the reading. And and this is at the end of six months. Like, this is yeah, kind this of is, your the, yeah, grad the, show. Yes, basically. Mm-hmm. And then so one in person... In a theatre or in a, it, just a room? I know, um, in the underground of Black Swan. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I really frightened myself, I suppose, or I felt, I felt very exposed and that I'd, I'd sort of not grabbed an opportunity where I should have, and I was a bit younger, I know it's not that many years ago, but I feel like I was, I've matured a lot since then, um, and yeah, how I dealt with my disappointment was withdrawing from everything completely and I didn't write anything for two years. I didn't open the document again until two weeks ago and read it for this podcast to refresh myself. Um, and yeah, uh, it was quite bittersweet to find that the script was nowhere near as terrible as I thought. <laughs> and it's not perfect, but there, was, there were parts that 
have merit and um yeah it's quite it's quite scary how much you punish yourself or how and no one will ever know and it's so it's so futile Mm -hmm. because you only hurt yourself if you have all this if you're like a bottle that's holding this kind of poison you only hurt yourself it's not spilling out and you know no one else will see it but it just kind of stays in you and it's quite um it's quite debilitating but I suppose that's through any medium artists are going to do this because you strive mm. for perfection and, you know, you want the, the gratification of being recognized for the work that you think you can create. And when you don't quite get there, it's mortifying. Okay. Very dramatic. Okay. <laughs> so a lot of emotive language there. I feel like we have to break this down a bit. Because you sent me the script and, you know, I get people send me stuff in the past and I, you know, just as fellow writers you read other people's works and help them critique it and stuff like that and i read your thing and i sort of really sort of enjoyed it like i was actually laughing out loud throughout while reading it which thank you almost never happens and so what, what was the context this is your, your grad show you're gonna well no it wasn't a grad show but it was like the showcase of the work we'd done yeah but it was so all the other six performed on the same night in the same venue no so it was just um, every um i think there were there was one in the morning and one in the afternoon mm-hmm. um so yeah in over three weekends okay i actually wasn't living in the country at the time so i flew back for it um i was home for a week for it um so i didn't get to see the others unfortunately but i did okay so you had no context of how they were received no that so that's also or you something. heard stuff on the great part um i suppose everyone will kind of everyone no one will ever say anything that's going to make you feel worse if mm-hmm. i've come up and be like oh i'm so shamed no one's going to be like well mine was terrific <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but i'm sure that everyone in that but group in the lead, is a very week, what was, very strong writer you literally flew in and did it or did you come oh, in I, and help I don't, the actors read sorry, it sorry to speak over you um well, you fly in, well, I flew in, and then I had a morning with them where they read, we had a read-through, yep. and then they performed it in the afternoon. Um, I Was have it been, a light direction, or are you just uh, listening to the, how they interpret it? I just listen. The program has changed now. I've been to it since and watched other people's readings, and there's a month development with the actors. Okay. Um, but it really, uh, it was what I decided to build in my own head about what happened, you know? And does it start at that rehearsal? Uh, as in, that's the first time they received the script? At that point, yes. So they got it on the day, mm-hmm. and then they performed it in the... And evening. what was your f- reaction after the performance? <laughs> I... Did, it, did, it, well, did, you, ha- did you have a, any idea that this was going to hit you this hard? No, not at, at all. At that point. And oh. I think I was quite um, rattled because two people left through the reading... And um, I, I don't in know. In the audience or yeah, the cast? in the audience. Okay. Um, so maybe... And, and you thought it was a reaction to your thing or they might have just had somewhere to go? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but it, just, it didn't make me feel good. And then, you know, I, I suppose I kind of just shut down. And, you know, when people are, like, talking to me afterwards, I was just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, like, get me out. And then I just, like, went to Centuros and... Um, this yeah. is during the actual No, 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 after the performance, after the But with the audience. Uh, yeah, so, you know... The second. I, um, so, ha- what do you mean? We had the reading with the ac- actors. And oh, yeah, so the-, the morning I met with the actors and then had the read-through and then they, I, they read it again to the audience 
So the audience arrived and I joined the audience. Yeah. And um, yeah, they they did a great job. I I don't know what I wanted and I don't did know what I expected. Did you record? No. No, I don't okay. know if I could actually. I suppose it's just with this industry as well, with all creative industries, it's an industry that is you need to be thick-skinned but it's full of paper-thin people you know we can't we can't take failure we can't take criticism and then you know it's the people it's also this industry i think all creative industries it's more to do with if you can handle failure and get back up it's like last man or woman standing is the one that's going to get the opportunities in the end if your name is there again and again and again and you show that you can work well with people create work that is good Mm. that maybe even if you aren't the best, if yeah. you can keep going, your resilience could be just as important as your talent. Though I think, you know, it's obviously the most talented people that get the most recognition, mm. the most opportunity, but the resilience is something that's so necessary that at that point I did not have. So I just got back on the plane to London and um, I didn't pick up a pen for a long time and really punished myself and felt so much unnecessary shame because from what though just i, I don't know I did don't you know. get feedback from the audience um did they, were they writing sheets they did and then um my mentor asked if i'd want if i wanted the feedback and then i said i sent him back a very dramatic message saying would it crush my soul and then he said no but, and then i didn't ask for it and then i never got it and i i love my mentor he was um he was fantastic and he never pushed it so yeah, I I don't know. I had I I guess it's that thing you just want to be great. You want to be I wanted to I wanted that to be something that really started things off, but I wasn't ready obviously, mm. and that's okay. Yeah. I mean, I've been in this almost exact situation like I did a similar thing. It might have been in 2017. That's the time for it. Um, <laughs> the time for But yeah, it was like a, a program where we uh, got to develop a script and stuff like that. And then we had a reading and a really large audience, like way more people turned up than I expected. We had the one rehearsal with the actors and then, mm, then we went in and did the show the next day. And uh, then they, you know, they, the audience were all given a sheet to give their feedback on. And I remember I did not look at those sheets for like two weeks later so I definitely know it's like I can't better even though like some people mine was a longer form thing like a a two hour thing I think what would yours have been one one hour yeah so there's like was this film it was a screenplay yes yeah Um, for like it would be a feature film yeah but they uh, you know I could tell like there was some people in the audience crying during parts of it oh wow so like wow I affected someone so you're kind of like wow I connect at least someone connected with it and um you know that i'll probably never get the money to make that film so it's just like that's it that's the sort of product that was the show you know even just it's just actors sitting at a table reading what was it called <sighs> i think i called it the lodger back then and what's it about um it's sort of about a um a woman who can young woman who um, can go into people's sort of minds while they sleep. And um, sort of basically she sort of starts off, she's, you know, she just does it for dumb fun. 
you know, mm-hmm. she goes into the minds of the men she's sleeping with and messes with them and and eventually she's you find out that she's avoiding something and that's that her mother has uh, dementia mm-hmm. and I guess the hero's journey is that eventually decides to use that power to go into her mother's mind and try and help her mother you know find peace in her dementia kind of thing oh um, that's a beautiful concept yeah I'm not sure I executed it that well but you can always go back and edit yeah I'm turning into a book in fact I've written that book oh wow I haven't released it yet yeah cool but um I'd like to read it yeah, I don't know when it will ever come out because I have to actually sit down and edit it, <laughs> which is the next thing. Mm-hmm. Which is you're you're moved into like more um, non-performance stuff, right? This is where we, what we have in common is one of the reasons why I reached yeah. out to you to podcast. Yeah. So yeah, I mean the, the thing the problem with filmmaking is you have to it's a team thing and you have to get so many people to say yes to it mm-hmm. to get it um, made into a film because unless you stump the million dollars to make the film yourself. You're asking other people's permission to make it and then they get a say in what it is. And um, I got very, um, you know, that script got some traction and stuff like that, but every step of the way was people just wanting to change it, wanting to change it into this. Mm. Some people wanted to turn into a horror film. Some people wanted to turn into, like, The Notebook, like a real sort of soppy romance thing. And I kind of want it to be its own thing. Like, I, you know, anyway... (laughs) I felt like it could be its own thing in between those two things and that's what's unique about it. and that's what people go, oh, you should go see this because it's kind of like The Notebook but it's more of a horror film or, you know, yeah. that's... But everyone's like, no, it has to be one or the other. So um, did you feel that the loss of control was Yeah, I just really sort of... That really burnt me out and so I've sort of stopped pursuing that. Maybe I'll go back to it one day but I turned, wrote it, turned it into a book and I think cool thing about this book is... It's mine, and I can just publish it to my blog. Yeah. And no one has to... People can choose to read it or they don't. Yeah. And that's it. And no one has to tell me, oh, you've got to change this to be successful. Mm -hmm. I don't really care about it being successful. I want it to be my sort of story, my piece of art. Exactly. That's it. It's the pleasure of creation Mm -hmm. rather than monetary reward. Yeah. So you went to Santuro's afterwards, and what were you... You were upset? Yeah. And how long did you have to go before you got on the plane? Another couple of days. Okay. Yeah. So what did you do? Uh, I flew back to London. And but what did you do between the centuries and the plane? Oh, social activities. Okay. But you weren't like getting plastered going, oh my, what's with my life? I no, no. This is a very I internal struggle. Yes. Okay. Yes. But um, yeah, so I was in London from January till... Um, like September of 2017 and then I came home and, and in that time you, in London you didn't want to do anything sort of creative like you were no, sort of just no I wrote one very short piece because I started to um, go running a lot so I would go to the gym a lot and I had no background in gymming and yeah. any kind of like structured exercise really apart from dancing but more not dancing for uh, dancing in classes and stuff just dancing for yeah. sensation but I was in changing rooms a lot and I really liked the camaraderie that I built because I was there every day with like these older ladies mm-hmm. who kind of, because I was there before work so I'd get ready for work and do my hair and do my makeup and stuff. And yeah, I got to know these women and yeah, like I wrote about them and then I sent it to my friend and she was just like, hmm, this isn't very good. Uh, like for, because she'd read a lot of my other work okay. and she was like, yeah. 
<laughs> so, and that's it. She yeah. didn't say. Uh, well, she was just like, "This is a bit blah." Like yeah. this is, this is just what observations. Was it? Sorry. It was kind of like a short personal essay about okay. the um, how comfortable I felt in my nakedness with mm-hmm. these older women in their nakedness, like, and how that's in any other um, realm of society. I would never just be randomly naked with these mm-hmm. women. Yeah. But I was, and it was yeah. great. And you know, and so it was I, kind of like. What you, this is an article you could send somewhere, or is it like something? I don't. I don't actually even know if I still have that document mm-hmm. uh, during that time. So, like, <laughs> fragile probably deleted it. Okay. <laughs> um, but I could probably find it. But it wasn't amazing. But it was like the but it was one meant time to be read. No, I. No one else has ever read it yeah. apart from her. Yeah. And yeah, I, I wasn't going working. around sharing it after she said yeah. that. But you had no vision for like what it would. The no. Form it would be. No. no. Um, but then. Uh, I came back home and started a dip ed and um, got really unhappy because I realized I was so disconnected from any creative fields and I didn't, I wasn't really talking to anyone about writing or reading and um, yeah, I just kind of decided it was time, like maybe six months after that, to join a writing group that my friend Amber Lee runs. It's called Stuck on Words. It's been great. Mm-hmm. met um Lex, who you met in the car park oh, earlier, yeah. she is also a writer. I met her there. Um, and then my other friend Jay runs um, a great night called Words Wide, which is um, an open night where you can any kind of written medium is accepted. So you can sing, read a poem, short story. I generally read short stories, um, sometimes poems. Um, but yeah, it's good to meet him and become part of that kind of world. And then just um, reading a shitload, just reading as much as I can. And um, writing, writing new pieces, trying to enter writing competitions, not winning, but you know, still doing it, still yeah. hitting deadlines. Yeah, and that's important. Yeah, so it's been good just getting that because I thought that part of my brain had died or I'd killed it through my own gloom. So with doing the dip ed, like, can you? Is it just a general thing, or you can be like, I, I'm interested in being a English teacher or a drama teacher or yeah both I'm trained yeah. for both yeah and being in the classroom is cool because you can especially English you can do warm up exercises where the kids write you short stories and it's so amazing to see what's happening in their brains and see how well some of them write yeah. and because this generation even though everyone loves to hate on this generation I think they're the best teenagers okay. are you got teenagers yeah and right. I love them I love their openness and their honesty and also their forgiveness yeah. they fight with you they fight with each other but then the next day it's fine and there's so much underneath all the front there's so much love yeah. and yeah I just I think they're wonderful and yeah their work is really reflective of that and um, even just being around all that young energy you can be having the shittest day, but then, you know, one of them will hear a joke for the first time that maybe you say or someone else says, but their reaction, they're just loving it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, that's so joyous because that's new to you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Or like seeing all this kind of growth happening around you is really cool. So maybe that in a way has helped. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like the students I meet will make their way into my work but never all about one kid but just kind of like things that they say Mm. or think that are just like hilarious yeah and sometimes tragic because this time is harder for teenagers in a way than ever but with this generation as well they're reading more than we ever did they're constantly consuming material 
Okay. And in what form? The net, social media, the news, advertising, everywhere, even set texts. Yeah. It's just I think they would they certainly read more words than they speak. They write more words than they speak on it. You might have a kid who won't speak all day, hmm. but they will be writing all day and reading all day. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty interesting. And like what they like to read as well. And the kids that like graphic novels and oh there's a bee behind you. Can't see now. <laughs> um but yeah. I'll so that's been good. Can I ask a really cliche questions? Are they able to submit work in emoji? Uh, no, they cannot submit work in emoji. Is that something that's going to have to change? I hope not. <laughs> I will accept the progression in language yeah. maybe one day, but not yet. Okay. So now you, you sort of, that sort of teaching <laughs> reinvigorated, what was the chicken and the egg there? Like you st- joined a group and that started to invigorate you or was it all sort of happening uh, at I once? Th- I just kept reading books. Yeah. Or I was like... That was beautiful. I wish I could write something like that. Yeah. And then I started to reread some of my old writing and I was like, actually, it's not as good as what I just read, but it's not bad. And then I just kind of, something ticked over again. I'm not too sure, but I think it's just been a progress of meeting more people who like to write and like to read, making friends who I can talk about books with, um, and then reading other people's writing where I'm like, oh, it's really different to mine, but I really like it. Mm. And I feel like I'm not embarrassed to share my work because I feel like we're kind of on the same level or like understand words in the same way. And I'd, it's not like I think my writing is like really great, but I think it's nice to be with other people sometimes that are doing something similar to you at a similar level. Mm-hmm. And I have lots of friends who write much better than I do, but it's it's good to be in that environment. It's really helpful and it's been really good for me and my self-confidence because I felt like I lost a huge part of my identity when I wasn't writing Mm. because I'd always been like that person who was writing short stories or poems and plays and this stuff and then it was gone and I was just like having a crisis because I don't know I'm (laughs) self-obsessed I don't know Um, but like who am I and then I remembered and now I'm okay okay that's good to hear (laughs) thanks I feel like we've gone on a journey (laughs) come back to the reality but yeah it was really interesting to hear what you'd sort of gone through because it's like you know based on what I read I really enjoyed your play thank you so I was like oh thank you but maybe like see I don't keep up with the you know contemporary theatre so maybe like you know maybe if I read some of your other six five people's things I would be just like I can't exist because this is too good you know there there was some wonderful work created yeah yeah everyone in that group that's I think as well I did feel um quite out of place because I felt everyone else was um more experienced and also a better writer yeah um which is kind of good I think it's good to be in a position where you are the weakest link yeah because then you can just climb up you know yeah so that and but it was also quite intimidating as well but it's it was a really, really good experience and I'm so happy that it was afforded to me. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the future hold for you? Like what are you what are you working on now? Like what's your what's twenty twenty man? <laughs> um Lady. <laughs> what what's that, what what's the, the big twenty twenty vision? Um, well, my friend uh is a muralist and yeah. a beautiful illustrator and she is illustrating um, one of my stories called Reader's Balloon Saloon. I'm really excited for that collaboration. And um, really, I'm just hunting around for um, other people to collaborate with. Um, I think 
that it will just be a, a year of more short, weird stories and hopefully do more narrations with people because um, I really like that. My friend narrated a story of mine and another friend did the score mm-hmm. and that was a really cool mix of mediums coming together. Yeah. Um, was that the thing on your YouTube channel? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I listened to that. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. How did that come about? Um, I wrote that story um, ages ago, like when I was like 20. Um, and then... Uh, my friend started to read other things on my Instagram and she sent me a recording of her reading something else I'd written and I really like her voice and then her name's Emily Emily Jane she's yeah but she's got this beautiful silky voice and then I sent her that story and I was like what do you think of reading this and she did she did a narration of it and I loved it and then I contacted my other friend who's a pianist and I was like would you like to do the score for this Mm -hmm. story and he said yes and then it all came about yeah I was really really happy with that and so to it was designed to be on your YouTube channel or did you have a public no no I just had that yeah I would be interested in doing more about that I also would love to um make a short film Mm-hmm. Um, with the short story I have I'm currently kind of shooting that idea with another friend it's a story about a man who in his reality and the world that they live in uh, he can take a formula that allows him to breastfeed okay. and um, so it's about the social impact on his life when he decides to make this change to his body and how he's received in corporate workplace and yeah so my friend and I looking at that he's got a film background um but we also we we started to work on that script but got a bit demotivated just because of life but I'd be interested in doing that again and then um I have another story uh that I'm wanting to build on and also hopefully make into a short film about a man who and wrote this story quite a while ago but a man who or family that live in a house and they keep receiving mail for a man called Clive and the mother's like, oh, you can never open that mail. What if Clive comes back? And it turns out that Clive actually lives in the roof. And so then they meet Clive and Clive becomes part of their life. And then when they move house, the mother invites Clive to live in the next roof. Um, But he declines. And then the boys miss Clive so much that they go back to their old house to visit him. But unfortunately, it's been demolished. And it's about how, you know, things in life that you expect to be fixed aren't and Mm -hmm. how life is always changing. And, yeah, even these significant people or things, events, you know, everything runs its course. Sometimes you don't want it to, but, yeah. But I'd like to make that into a short film. That sounds cool. Thanks. Um, I kind of like claustrophobic films. I was just thinking about that. I literally Googled last night, films set in single rooms. Ah. And I think they're all based on plays because plays are usually designed to be yes. on a simple sets and stuff like that. But yeah. Like um, in The Red Barn. No. It's a French play. And maybe it turned into a movie? No, uh, maybe. I've only okay. seen it on stage. All right. Okay. I went to a play in France. Um, in but French? I don't speak, yeah, I don't ah. speak French. I, I didn't understand. And it was funny. I was, I was with a friend and, um, and like two-thirds were, were uh, way through the movie they suddenly say, my frère and my soeur, which I think is my brother and sister, mm-hmm. and ma mère. And I'm like, oh, these are a family. And we both turned to each other and said that at the same time because those are the only words we recognize in French. And we, up until that, we both, I didn't know it because we couldn't speak, obviously, during the play, 
didn't realise that this group of people were a family until that moment. <laughs> That's quite funny. At least you had that yeah. understanding. We thought it was like a workplace or something. Okay. <laughs> this is a long time ago. Maybe they're family that have their own business. Maybe yeah. you weren't too far off the mark. Yeah. yeah. Are you into um, zines? Um, I was a lot in my late teens and early 20s. Yeah. There, was one <laughs> there was one Perth one called, I can't even remember, something The Ponies. Do you remember this? No. Oh, no. It was called like Remember The Ponies or maybe it was just called The Ponies. But I was like 18 and I got into that once. And that was... How did you get into that? You, it was... was it was it? either advertised at 78 Records on a poster. Okay, yeah. Or like something online. But I think mm. it might have just been you read it on a poster and then you mm. send the work. And then they, if they like it, they put it in there. And then they send you the zine or you buy the zine. I can't quite remember. Did you try and get something published on I did. I wrote about... I did get something. Oh, wow. I would have it somewhere. It wasn't very good. But they still put it in, which I thought was nice. But the that was really cool. But I feel like the Perth zine scene is more like photography okay yeah uh, that, but maybe I'm wrong maybe I'm just looking in the wrong spots but I feel like it's a lot of just like photo journals about people's lives or about certain subcultures my, my sister gave me Doris Crabbe's entire work for Christmas yeah Should you have you heard of her no she's like a famous zine creator in the states and that's pretty interesting it's, she's really feminist and um, yeah I like some of it I think it's like with anything, though, because I don't know how long ago it was made. Some of it feels quite dated, yeah. but I don't know if that's just because that's the voice they needed then, and okay. now it's not the voice they need now, or she needed. Yeah. But it's a way with a lot of um, protest work, isn't it? Like, how quickly things date, or like how... <laughs> it's funny. I Like, this one book I'm working on, I've been working on since, like, 2012, and I just did last year did a new draft of it and it's amazing how many things I've had to change just in that time just and I like to think of myself as pretty woke mm-hmm. but I still had to sort of change some things and the technology's changed a lot like, mm-hmm. um, but yeah I'm, I'm sort of interested in that in, in, in kind of a terms of you know guerrilla distribution of uh, yeah I accidentally made a zine last year the letter I was writing ended up being so sort of fragmentary that I was like, oh, I should just turn this into a little, you know, book, booklet. Oh, well. Um, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at k.j, or is it kj.writer? Yeah. So kj.writer. <laughs> should probably know my own handle. Um, and read my little short bits and book reviews. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, see what you think. I think they'll like it. Thank you.